you for taking time to listen to this sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church and of our campus in Lexington, Kentucky. It is our prayer that as you listen today, you will be encouraged, challenged, and equipped to be all God has for you. We invite you to join us for worship on Sunday mornings at 11 o'clock a.m. at our Todd's Road campus near the Hamburg area of Lexington. How are y'all doing this morning? Amen. Praise God. <clears throat> well, this, this summer or the beginning of the semester, uh, there's usually a, a semester kickoff that, that happens at, uh, at, at the seminary. And this year I had the, I had the privilege of being able to be part of the band. So uh, we're playing and, and we, we got through the whole, we got the whole service and uh, it was done. And as I was walking off, getting off the, the stage there, I, first thing I did was check my phone. You know, things that we do, we, we check our phone first. And there was a notification on there. And the notification had said that Queen Elizabeth had passed away. And so we experienced something that we hadn't seen, that hadn't been seen in over 70 years, which was a royal funeral. The, 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 the whole experience of, of what, what happens when, when a queen or a king passes away. So there were celebrations. There was pageantry. There was a funeral parades, acts of loyalty, Demonstrations of love and admiration. One of the things that really got to me is when, when her grandchildren were, were uh, they took vigil around the around the casket, and it just showed the the, the love and the and the um, the praise that they had for their grandmother. And the Commonwealth itself showed their loyalty to the Queen. They recognized who she was to them and for them. She was the Queen of, of their Commonwealth. It was amazing to see this country celebrating the passing of their leader actually became a global event i know i was watching on on tv every day you know it seemed like it was the same footage over and over again but there i was watching it and in a way it kind of brought us all together and so as as i was thinking about this i was thinking to myself i wonder what it'd be like to be part of a kingdom to 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 live uh to be part of a royal family and the more i thought about it that's what we do as, as people. We, we build our own kingdoms. We create our own kingdoms with our lives, with our families, with those around us. Um, some of us have, have bigger kingdoms, and some of us have smaller kingdoms. I'm an only child, so, and uh, I, had a, I have a small family. And so it was only three of us in a house. And so if, we wanted, if I wanted to go and, and retreat to my own kingdom, I just had to go to my room, and that was it. I didn't have to worry about anybody coming in and sharing my, uh, trying to get into to my stuff. <clears throat> so as I, as I built that kingdom, the walls for my kingdom are kind of small, you know. I don't have to, like, push out too far. And so I've noticed in my life, you know, sometimes it's hard, hard to, to allow people into that kingdom and because we, we, we won't control our kingdom. But on the other hand, like my wife Maggie, she has a big family. So her kingdom was a little bit bigger. And, and her dad... They, they had a more traditional family where everybody looked to their dad, so it was kind of like he was the patriarch, he was the, the king over the family, and it was totally different for me. So when I, when I married Maggie and I entered into that, into that her, her, her kingdom, it was different. And so my walls had to be expanded, and it, I have to admit, it was, it was rough, you know. Um, it's still rough at times, you know. Sometimes I, I need, 
uh, I need to go to my own kingdom just to, to, to find peace and, and quiet, you know. And, and so we, we were doing, uh, I believe it was last year, it was Jingle Jam. I told Sarah, I was all like, sometimes when there's a lot, of, a lot of things going on, I just have to like, if you notice me, just walk away for a little bit. It's because I just have to reset. So last year when we were in Jingle Jam, there was like kids all over the place and it was getting a little crazy. So all of a sudden there's Jeremiah up in the corner up there just kind of like, okay, I got to prepare myself to go back down. So when we're in our kingdoms, we do it because we can protect ourselves. Even though there might be infighting within our kingdoms, when somebody attacks our kingdom, we close ranks. You know, you may not be on the same footing with a brother or sister or with a parent, but when something happens to your kingdom, you close rank and you protect them. You know, you stand, you stand up for them, even though you're, you're, you're not agreeing with them, that's your kingdom. But as we build and maintain our kingdoms, the question can be asked, where does God, and more specifically Jesus Christ, fit into our kingdoms? In today's uh, the scripture, the, the gospel scripture in Luke, we see the picture of, of Jesus Christ and, and the process of his last days, of, of, of his, his, uh, his death. And it wasn't like Queen Elizabeth. Here, here he is, the King of Kings, the Messiah. And when he entered in Jerusalem, yes, they did treat him like a, like a king, like the Savior. They were throwing the palms and, and, and just praising him and cheering for him. But that changed rapidly. We see his experience from the, triumph, the triumphant entry to the religious leaders conspiring against him, to the betrayal of Judas, his disciples who failed him, who couldn't stay awake in the garden. To his arrest, a sham trial, a false conviction, and an undeserved sentence. As you continue to read and, and, and we learn more about, about Jesus, he was dying for the people who were mocking him, who were beating him, who spat upon him, who took his clothes, who gave him the, the sour wine. These were the people he was dying for. This was his kingdom, and they were attacking him. But why? why? Why were they doing this? Why were they treating him this way? Because they didn't recognize who he was. The religious leaders who were teaching on the, on the, on the coming Messiah, on the king who would come and save their people, didn't recognize who he was. His disciples, after he was taught them, he told them, this is going to happen to me. I'm going to be betrayed. I'm going to die, and I'll, I'll come again. They didn't remember. They didn't they didn't recognize who he truly was. As we look at this, at this scripture and we reflect, reflect on it and how, it, how it, it plays on our lives, we have to ask ourselves, are we giving Christ the room in our life to be our king? And I confess it's easy to build our kingdoms. We rule over our home, over our families, with our kids, our jobs, our communities. We build our kingdoms. We, we raise them up. 
And the greater our, our kingdom becomes, the further away we place Christ's reign over our lives. Do our actions, do they mock him? Do we spit on him? Do we curse him? Do our actions show loyalty to God's kingdom or to the world? With all the resources that we have to study God's word and understand what he wants from us, do we still yell, crucify him? Just as those who had celebrated him yelled, crucify him. Do we look to God through the eyes of the word or through the eyes of the world? And I'm grateful for Pastor Chad and for his wanting to teach us how to look at the, word, at the world through the eyes of the word. We have Bible studies where we take not just the word, but we go into the, into the context. What were they trying to say? What does the original text say? Sometimes we just, we, sometimes we just take the word for granted and, 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 and we don't delve, delve deep enough to say, God, what do you really have to place in my heart? What are you really trying to tell me? So why do we do this? Why do we want to remain the ones in charge of our kingdoms? To allow someone else to reign over us. It calls for us to be, to surrender our control over our kingdoms. As, and I, I'm going to date myself a little bit here, but when I was a kid, there was a song by Mac, David, Mac Davis that said, Lord, it's hard to be humble. And it is. It means we're not in control. It means what I say doesn't go. My word isn't the last word. We have to place our faith in God. We have to place our faith in Jesus Christ, that he is our king, that he will rule over our, our lives. And amid, amidst his, his treatment, he pleads with the Father to forgive them for their ignorance. As they're doing this to him, he remembers them first. He has compassion over them. He knows who he is. He recognizes who he is, and he knows who they are, and that they don't see it yet, that they don't realize what they're doing. So he shows compassion in the midst of all this hatred, of all this mockery. He remembers who who he is, and that the Father can have grace upon them. And now Jesus knew how this was going to end. And while he was placed upon the cross, Jesus had one last interaction. He's placed in between two criminals. And so one begins to mock him. Says, if you're the Messiah, save yourself. But that's not the only person he was thinking about. Because he says, save yourself and us. He wasn't worried about who Jesus was. He was worried about what he could receive if Jesus was truly the Messiah. He mocked him, he questioned him, but he said, hey, if it's true, then hey, save me too. And then it's always the last place we expected when we finally see that Jesus is recognized for who he is. It was that second criminal.
We saw Jesus' followers, the religious leaders, the disciples. They couldn't see who Jesus was. It was his last person on the cross who said, who told the other criminal, don't you fear God? So he's recognizing Jesus is God. He placed his faith in Jesus. He says, Jesus, I deserve to be on this cross. I did whatever it was that it took to place me on this cross. But you didn't. And he's reminding the other criminal, we're here because we deserve to be here. He doesn't. And he doesn't say, Jesus, save me. He just says, Jesus, remember me. And at this time, when the, when the criminal, he repents and he places his faith in Jesus, we see that the justifying grace of God is upon him. And Jesus says, today we will see each other in paradise. Jesus' grace was upon him. And this shows for us that there's hope. Because we know that the story doesn't end there. It's not Jesus died on the cross and in the credits roll. We know that Jesus died on the cross. We know that he was buried. But we know that he rose again. We know that he ascended and is seated at the, at the right hand of the Father. In his rightful place. And sometimes there, there's, as I, as I think about seated at the right hand of the Father, sometimes there's things in Spanish that just sounds so, to me, just sounds so much, you know, more beautiful. You know, when, it says, when we say seated at the right hand of the Father, is sentado a la diestra de Dios. It just sounds, to me, for me, it just brings, me, brings so much hope and love and power. And as this morning we celebrate Christ the King a Sunday. And uh, it's when we remember that Christ is the King of kings and Lord of lords. And as we prepare for Advent next week and as we prepare for his coming again when he will reign upon the earth. We celebrate that this morning. We know that he suffered on the cross but we know that there was victory on the cross. We know that he rose again for us. We know that because of that, we can come to the cross. And we have salvation because of that. So during all this Queen Elizabeth uh, coverage that, that I was viewing, there was a quote that came up. <clears throat> Funny thing is, it was, it was, a, it was on, a, I think it was on Instagram or Twitter. It was a, posted by the royal family, and it was, a, it was misquoted. <laughs> So it wasn't actually what Queen Elizabeth said, but it's what Queen Victoria said. And this, this uh, quote came about after a sermon that she heard, that she heard about the second coming of, of Christ. And so the, the story goes is that she went up to the priest afterwards and told him, oh, how I wish the Lord might come during my own lifetime. And the preacher asked, why? Why does your majesty feel this earnest desire? 
Oh, I should love to lay my crown at his feet. When we build up our own kingdoms, we tend to rely on our own wisdom and our own strength. We allow the world to shape our kingdoms. What does the world tell me I need to do? How do I need to live my life? How do I need to raise my children? How do I need to, to, um, to work? And so when, when the pandemic came, everybody was in chaos because everything was destroyed. And now that we came out of, out of the pandemic, things in chaos again because we built our, our kingdom shrank. And now we're, we're having to deal with one another. And at times it doesn't work. And at times we, we just see how, how, how the pandemic worked on us mentally and, 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 and psychologically. So we feel attacked, and we rely on our own defenses to protect our kingdoms. We strive to create the best environment for us. So if we reflect on our lives and our kingdoms, as we prepare for, for communion this morning, as we prepare to celebrate what Christ did on the cross for us, is it time to lay our crowns down at the feet of the King of Kings? Is it time to say, Lord, reign over my life, reign over my kingdom. I surrender it to you. Do with it what you will. Make my kingdom one with yours so that I may love and honor you with all my heart and that I may love others in the way that you love me. I invite you this morning to prayer as we prepare to, to enter into communion. Would you bow your heads? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning, Lord, because you are the King of Kings, Lord, and you are the Lord of Lords. We pray that as we build up our walls, as we build up our kingdoms, as we protect ourselves from things that we feel want to enter into our kingdom, Lord, we pray that you reign over them. We pray that we turn to you first, Lord, that we lay our, our crowns at your feet, and surrender to you in humility so that we may honor and glorify you in the way that you intended us to. We thank you for this morning. We thank you that we're about to enter into communion, that we may celebrate what you did for us, that as we come up, that we lay our crowns down and thank you for the cross. It's in your holy name that we pray. Amen. Amen.